Welcome to the Men's Health Unscripted Podcast with Patrick and Cam. We focus on your entire health, mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional to make sure you are good to go every day. It's Valentine's Day, and we've got the one and only, the beautiful, the talented, the intelligent. Our favorite. Dr. Tara. Hi. How are you doing, Dr. Hi, Tara? boys. I'm doing orgasmic. How are you? <laughs> Same. Yeah, yeah, we're doing maybe not as orgasmic, but we're doing pretty good. Nice. So did you come this morning? Because I did multiple <laughs> times. I've been getting over the flu, so coming hasn't really been in my top oh. top five but maybe last week i did for sure well maybe like runny penis helps runny nose you know <laughs> <laughs> like the, the liquid be... has to come out somewhere <laughs> yeah you might right. as well have it shooting out of everywhere right pat yeah right. <laughs> every <Yeah>. hole <laughs> <laughs> i felt that way on monday so we're uh we're getting there but so dr tara you are our favorite valentine and oh. You study relationships and dating probably more than anybody that we know. You're published. You have just so many awesome avenues that you reach out to men and women to discuss dating and improving their lot, like their sex lives and dating lives. And we've kind of discussed a little bit some things that you've noticed in the past year since we talked about men having issues with erectile dysfunction, dating apps. All kind of stuff. And we want to clear these things up so our listeners can have the best Valentine's Day ever. Yes. I mean, it's Valentine's season. So let's talk about sex, love, and money. For sure. <laughs> so what's something that you've seen like really prominently in your practice uh, with men that they're having issues with and it's kind of, it's it's causing problems. Like I know you have a huge following on social media and we've, you know, I see the comments like just fill up. I'm sure your DMs yeah. are crazy. Hopefully no more dick pics. Hopefully we cleared that up in the first episode. No dick pics. I still get them. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think there's going to be a way to stop that, to be honest. Yeah. Gosh, and, some of these men are relentless and has no etiquette. <laughs> <laughs> don't they know you're married? What was it? I, don't they know you're married? They know. Everyone knows. <laughs> right. I mean, it's pretty obvious. And it's still yeah. just firing off the dick pics. Yeah, gosh, I don't know. Well, talking about trends that I've been seeing at least for the last um, 12 to 18 months from all the questions I've been receiving from my fans, followers, as well as clients is erectile dysfunction in young men. It is alarming because it's men under 30 getting EDs. Like their dicks don't work. It can't get hard. Maybe it's hard for a minute and then it's not. It happens a lot more than in the past. I have been studying, you know, in the sexuality and relationship realm for, I mean, Gosh, it's been so long now. So this is my eighth year as a professor. And then in my, I had four years in my PhD program. So yeah, it's been a long time since I've been studying, you know, love, relationship, sex. And I've just not seen this much, like this big group of younger men experiencing ED. Uh, and I feel like there are a couple of prominent reasons why they are experiencing ED in which I wanted to bring up in this episode so that we can all theorize the reasons why young men may have ED. My first theory, gosh, I hate even saying it because I know not all porn is bad, but my first theory is overconsumption of porn. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Now, that's something we've definitely talked about in many episodes. It's, you know, we've had a lot of guests on about it. Um, unfortunately, the intake of modern porn, mm -hmm. which is endless and really anything, uh, really does kind of dull out those senses and cause a huge amount of that mm -hmm. ED that we're seeing. Mm -hmm. Sure. I think there's such a huge population of OnlyFans, and it has become so glorified to be an OnlyFans star. And uh, I'm sure that a good percentage of them make a lot of money. So like, why wouldn't you, right? I mean, if that's right. what you can do and no judgment here, I mean, it is what it is. But at the same time, I think guys have to learn how to curb their consumption of that because you're not really building a connection with someone through a screen mm -hmm. necessarily. 
No, not at all. And I'm even I'm more afraid of extreme porn. Uh, because like, let's say if you're watching amateur porn or some of these like OnlyFans creators and you're watching it like once a while to like supplement in your sex life, whether or not it's alone or with your partner, I think it's completely fine. Uh, I'm going to kind of throw out a pretty crazy comparison here. Uh, it's like gun ownership. It's like there is responsible gun use uh, in, in the range and having proper papers and all of these things and being mindful and how you use it versus people who just go pick it up somewhere or on the dark web or whatever, right? So there's responsible porn use. And I really believe in that. Um, I know that there are a lot of experts that are extremely against porn and it's all about like zero porn life, which I can respect, right? I respect uh, variations of ideas and opinions. But for me, because I use porn mindfully uh, from time to time, either to explore like a new type of sex with my partner or just by myself. Like I want to watch anal porn, I'll watch anal porn, <laughs> right? So for me, it's how you use it, not whether or not you use it. Think for these be, young I, men, I think they're probably watching like violent gangbang daily. <laughs> yep. I was just about to say, I wonder if there's a relation um, relationship between like the length of the title and then how much like aggressive violent it is. Because if you, you know, you search up, you know, ass-eating mills, gang-baiting midgets at wrestling, you're like, <laughs> you're going in a very weird niche there. But if you yeah. look, at, if you just type in like amateur porn, like you're going to get mm -hmm. relatively what we, you know, consider possibly just normalized. Couples sex. fucking. Yeah, exactly. Right. I also think too, yeah. using porn as a tool for masturbation. If you're not using your imagination or your brain you're actually training yourself to only come when you're watching porn. And so mm -hmm. at that point you're, you've trained your brain that that's the only time that, you know, sex is valuable to you or has mm -hmm. that dopamine release. And so then what happens over time is that that's all you can do. So when you actually get in front of a partner, you have a real, you know, lady in front of you, mm -hmm. you're like, Oh crap, what do I do? And yeah. that the transition there is just so much more difficult because you've trained yourself to do something otherwise for so long that now when you have the real partner, you can't perform. Exactly. Like period, because PSA guys, like your partners are not porn stars and they never will be. Maybe a, a handful of guys are dating porn stars and they're like, no, my partner is really a porn star. And that's fine. That's your narrative. But for 99% of people, your partners are not porn stars. They're not going to, quote unquote, perform. Um, they're going to want to have the kind of sex that they enjoy, that they find pleasurable. They want to connect with you. So it's not going to be that kind of sex. And I think with ED, um, a lot of the porn consumption and the link between porn consumption and ED is penis size. I think young men, you know, maybe 22, when we say young men, we're saying like 18 to 30. Uh, young men that are watching professional uh, porn stars having sex in like different angles, different positions and like going for it, like, you know, like a jackhammer, um, they are looking at their own bodies and their penis and then they're like oh no i am in no in no way as equally as masculine as, as this glorified man on porn and if you are looking at that every single day and you're looking at these professional athletes that are fucking uh you will look at yourself and continue to compare and i think it's just ingrained in you so that when you do have a sexual encounter you can't get hard because you you don't feel like you are desirable. Like, so that's to me is the link between the porn consumption and the ED. Because people often ask me, what about it is causing the ED? And I theorize that it's the comparison. It's social comparison theory. Pretty simple. You know, like all humans compare themselves to others as reference. And therefore, if this is your main consumption of like sex content, you are going to compare yourself with that person 
and feel like you're not enough. You're not masculine enough. Your penis is not hard enough. It's not big enough. It's not thick enough. It's not good enough. So therefore, you just can't get hard. So I got to oh, yeah. say, uh, real quick, we Cam and I went down like a little bit of a rabbit hole because there's so many avenues for women to like have cosmetic um, procedures and things like that. Ooh. And Cam and I kind of discovered recently that guys can actually have this procedure done that enhances the girth of their penis. We've been calling them girthquakes. <laughs> and our buddy, uh, our buddy at a, at medical man cave was saying that like, he's like, he could turn you into like a monster energy drink can. <gasps> no. Yeah. Right, you Cam? need to connect me with this doctor. Cause I need to check this situation. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm skeptical, but I really want to check it out. Right. So Pat Cam, <laughs> what Dr. Girthquake and Dr. Tara yeah. on a podcast. We'll have to yeah. get together. And Dr. it's not just, Girthquake. it's not just them as well. There's other, uh, we've interviewed other doctors from across the country um, who yep, the do Daddy. similar procedures. Yeah. Dig Daddy. So it's not mm -hmm. the same procedure, but it's similar um, where they're focusing on the sizing and the shaping and everything of the penis to kind of improve it for that particular patient. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's wow. uh it's like subdermal fillers and they're collagen stimulators and they inject it in small areas of the penis. And then as, uh, as Dr. Girthquake says, Gary, he's, his name's Gary, but he's awesome. Wait. So you inject collagen, like, uh, like collagen stimulators. So like, Oh, uh, so will yeah. the penis look like the Michelin man? Uh, I, yeah, it might. The but goal yeah. is that it, it doesn't. Uh, so it, I it mean, will I like first. the ripped Michelin man. <laughs> I say like the ripping the might be pretty nice, the, actually. Yeah. Uh, but it is supposed to kind of normalize as you're spreading it around. They do give you a uh, a list of not necessarily stretches or exercises, but things you're supposed to do to mm -hmm. kind of help make sure it does get spread around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and I think what it is is like I mean, there's I'm probably there's probably some porn stars that have access to this procedure. It's yeah, it's re like it's relatively new, but it's not that new. And we've we've we kind of saw we like saw that, OK, this one place is doing it. And then we're like, wait a second, this guy's doing it. This guy's doing it. And we're like, oh, OK, so like this is kind of a nationwide thing. And it's just now starting to proliferate. And I think we got into it because we wanted guys to have confidence. I mean, that's kind of part of our show mm -hmm. is giving guys avenues to find like, just be confident and have more access to treatments that they might feel like they need. And what we started realizing is like, this is becoming more and more common. There's a doctor I know in Tampa who started doing it. Whoa. And she's got like, and she's had traditionally a whole female, like geared women's aesthetic practice. And so do you have to do them regularly? Like Botox? No. So this is like a, it's kind of like a one and done. Well, you have to go for a couple treatments. Like you go in for your first one and then another one, but your penis can only hold so much over time. So Whoa. I mean, but, but of course, like it would go away after like use. Um, well, no, because you're stimulating, you're stimulating collagen. So you're actually stimulating protein growth, like in collagen to your penis. Wow. And so it's like they, like a lot of the docs will say it's more, it makes you more you. So it's not necessarily like, the dermal fillers, but you're actually stimulating like actual collagen growth in your penis. It's pretty nuts. It, it is nuts, but also really cool. Like, but then it doesn't work with length. Uh, it they say it does like help a little bit, but like half half a centimeter, kind of like that. What do you say, Cam? Right. It's probably it's probably a few centimeters because it's going to be based on like the natural stretching of your tissues. Um, cause we all have a little bit of extra sitting back in there and all of us guys know that like if we were able to kind of stretch out what we know is in the tube, we'd have a lot longer dicks, but like, <laughs> oh we all God. know that we have like four inches back in there. We felt on it, uh, but yeah, it'll kind of give you the extra length you can stretch out from your tissue. That is so interesting. Yeah. So, okay, I mean, I'm, I'm going to need to investigate this. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll send you some info. For sure. Yes, it's, please do. It is very interesting and it's like crazy. I mean, there's a doctor and uh, we interviewed him. His name's Dr. Jason Rupika. He's known as the Dick Daddy and he has it trademarked and everything. He's up in Ohio, isn't he? Yeah, he's in Ohio. He he says he does about 10 of these procedures a week. Whoa. The the mm -hmm. injections? Yeah. He's got people flying in from all over the world doing it. Um, Medical Man Cave Dick is- Dick Daddy? Dick Daddy. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. 
And, uh, and okay, send me the info of Dig Daddy. And what was the other one? Um, medical Man Cave. Earthquake. Earthquake. Dr. Earthquake. Yeah, that's yeah. the med that's the Medical Man Cave in Tampa. There, that's actually growing. Uh, there's six locations, I think, six or seven locations Whoa. right now in the U.S. And um, also props for all the um, branding. <laughs> right. I know. I mean, they're crushing it's it. So fun. And, okay. Uh, yeah. So talking about you know ED, uh, the second theory that I have is related to social media. So it's more overall, not necessarily about comparing their penis, but basically young, younger men having lower self-esteem in general because they're on social media a lot. And on social media, of course, you know, the influencers and the celebrities, like they only share their successes and riches. And, you know, you look at them and you un subconsciously like compare yourself to them and maybe it reduces your sense of self-esteem and self-worth. And that overall affects, particularly when you're vulnerable, like when you're naked, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that also has a link to young men's erectile dysfunction. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think that's something that's going to be across the board for every for all the genders, like for everybody here. Yeah. Social media is an addiction nowadays that mm -hmm. is unfortunately going to drag everybody down. Um, I've heard some people refer to it as like a, as like a plague in a sense. Um, yeah. but you it's something we've really heard from, mindful. yeah, it's something we've heard from guys where it, for some reason, and it definitely, it's because you see like a 21 year old or claim to be 21 year old with like a brand new, like Lamborghini and a big house in yeah. like South Florida. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? And of course they're always starting their stuff, stuff like I'm doing all this. What the fuck are you doing? Mm. Kind of shit. And then for some reason, a lot of guys are feeling like they're less accomplished, um, and of course, we don't have the same kind of situation as our fathers and grandfathers did back no. then. Coming back from World War II, you know, you know, you had to have a fat cock coming back, surviving, <laughs> you know, surviving Nazis and fucking the Soviet. Yeah, Soviets and then and bought like a house that. for a hundred dollars. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're feeling good. You, you were, yeah, you were laying some pipe that that weekend. You got back, but uh, a generation of pipe. But um, <laughs> like nowadays. I will say, luckily for us, those of us who did serve in the recent times, we still get that same kind of mm -hmm. accomplished feeling. But again, it's not something everybody gets. And a lot of people, they it's the comparison. They see, mm -hmm. they see us. They see other people graduating college. They see people buying houses. Mm -hmm. They see people let's not even go that route. Like they do trade schools, and they're still able to buy cars and you know buy this stuff. It's material. Mm -hmm. It's all materialistic, unfortunately. No, it's all external. And whatever reason, we just kind of distill it straight down to our penises and those bitches go soft. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Literally, it is. I, I don't have a study for it, but I'm pretty sure it's a link between, yeah, just in general, like lack of self-esteem and self-worth with performance of your penis. Well, there has to be too. I mean, there there has to be a sense of that going around. If you see, like Cam said, if you see some kid with a Ferrari that maybe their parents bought them, but they're not mm -hmm. going to tell you that. Or yeah, they'll be like, they I rent, work hard, bro. Yeah. Or they rent <laughs> it. Right. Because you can rent a Ferrari, like not far from my office. Most of them have been renting. I'm sure. Right. Yep. There's a luxury rental car place, like yeah. a mile and a half from my office. Like I could go rent one right now and it's, and take a bunch of pictures of it and take it back. But yep. the thing is, is that I think they tie this like materialistic and possessions to like, oh, will she like me? Mm -hmm. Am I enough? And mm -hmm. so these questions and this like kind of we talked about this on the like first or second episode we ever met. It's a sexual anxiety that you get, mm -hmm. but it's probably about the material things in the world. Yeah. And, like, oh, I take the bus. So my dick doesn't work. I don't have a right. Ferrari. Right. I take I don't the even bus. have a Honda Accord. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what girl's going to like me if I right. what girl's going to like me if I don't have all these things? Mm -hmm. right and it, i think it's really tough on guys yeah it's tough on guys because there's a lot of guys out there that have a lot of great stuff to offer and they work really hard and they have good mm -hmm. jobs but like not everybody can buy a ferrari that's no. not that's not the point and of life that's not the yeah the, exactly that's not the point of life so yeah i think for sure like that's 
in social media and the comparison and the self-worth is the second reason. The third reason, and you guys will know this way better than me, and I'm pretty sure it is one of the strongest associations with ED, especially for younger people, is SSRIs. So a lot of um, my students, as well as like my younger fans, the Gen Zs, are on SSRIs. And um, many of them have issues with their penises getting hard, as well as just like issues with sexual desires and things that are related to their sexual well-being. So I don't know. My question for me would be like, do you guys know if SSRIs are associated with ED? Because that's my theory. Yes. So there are actually a lot of antidepressants, a lot of antipsychotics, really the mood medications. They do have a lot of them are side effects where they decrease your libidos. Um, and obviously that's going to amplify any kind of concerns or issues you're having with your sexual drive, with your penis mm -hmm. in that sense, leading to that ED. It's a weird double-edged sword though, because a lot of them are also medications that are used to prevent premature ejaculation. Mm -hmm. So could you imagine like you're, you're a young guy, you know, you're busting kind of early. So you talk to your doctor, your doctor hooks you up with something and now mm -hmm. your dick's not even hard. So like mm -hmm. the amount of oh, that stress would fuck with your head so much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's not, he's not fucking for a minute, even if he comes mm -hmm. off of it, it's going to be a while just because that's stress. That's going to be like slapped on him. And it, it kind of sucks because it is both sides of that coin, you know, premature. Is it and like catch also 22? Mm -hmm. It can be. There was a meme going around like maybe eight months ago. It was almost a year ago. It was uh, my Lexapro won't make me come, but I had a good time. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And it was like, or that's how like millennials have sex or something like that. That's like the millennial sexual uh, experience. It was oh, like, no. And it was really sad, but also like potentially kind of true. And mm -hmm. a lot of those, a lot of the SSRIs, they really kind of dampen a lot of what's going on as far as like, I've heard from people like numbing. Yeah. They say like, I, I feel less emotion, but it's like better than being depressed. Mm -hmm. Right. Or that's what I've heard too. Right. And so like that kind of sucks because you can't like fully intake everything that's mm -hmm. going on, but also like maybe it's good because sometimes the stimulus is just too much. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's plenty mm -hmm. of times where I feel way overstimulated. I'm like, oh my goodness, like what is going yeah. on in my life right now? What did I get myself into? But at the same time, when I get through that, I feel so much better. You know, I'll, I'll take pharmacy school for an example. Like I went to that and I'm like, what yeah. am I doing here at times? <laughs> like you know, just like the, and you but went here through you it. are. Yeah. But we all went through it. Like the, the grind of grad school sucks sometimes. Like you stay up late, you like, you neglect your sleep, your family, you know, eating right. Like you neglect a lot of things because you know, at the end, there's a huge goal to accomplish and there could be, you know, a higher pay or more prestige or status or whatever at the end of it. I mean, how many times in life do you have to kind of like shovel shit for a little while to get what you need. I mean, that's kind of part of it. Right. And I think that mm -hmm. with social media, I kind of go back a little bit with, to what you said is like, there's all these people on social media showing you all the things they have, but they're not showing you the part where they had to like eat shit and learn to like the taste. If this, if this reality is really true for them. Mm -hmm. but, that's actually related to my fourth reason that I'm theorizing is that young people have to hustle a lot and therefore neglecting their physical health. So not exercising, not sleeping well, um, they're on the phones a lot. So perhaps that also affects their like just physicality in general. Um, yeah, not exercising, not sleeping, not eating well. And that's all, you know, there's studies that that's related to ED. So for me, like my fourth theory is just that as Gen Zs and young millennials, um, you're either lazy and you're in your couch all day long watching TV, jerking off and can't get hard when you're with a girl or you're hustling a lot and tend to focus on career goals and quote unquote making it and have been neglecting your physical health, which is very much related to erectile dysfunction. For sure. I actually have a question uh, it's, it's definitely related. How do you feel about, you know, there's a lot more women that are going to college and going to grad school and getting better jobs mm -hmm. and make like essentially making more money than some men. Mm -hmm. 
Do you think that that plays a role with some guys like, oh, my partner or these girls make more money than I do. I can't approach them. Or That's my kinda, fifth kinda, reason. So thank really? you for bringing that up. Yeah. The fifth reason why I think young men have ED and I'm theorizing here. Okay. I didn't have a study. Like I don't have a study on this, but I'm theorizing that um, women, I guess I can't say all women because just some parts, <laughs> metropolitan areas, but a lot more women are achieving, you know, from Comparing like women this generation from previous generation, from even previous generation, there are way more women accomplishing things in a traditional sense, like career goals um, or financial goals, uh, a lot more than men. And I think, therefore, it can be extremely intimidating for men to approach women, to initiate, to flirt, um, or even if they're already in a relationship, maybe it's hard for them to like find a voice or the confidence to project and assert themselves uh, as compared to perhaps men in the past where they felt like they had mm, the, the kind of power in the household. And I'm not at all saying that traditional marriages is better because it's not. Uh, but at the same time, there is a fact that women are, they are way more successful women now, like a career success uh, than any generations in the past. So yeah, I do think that, you know, it takes some adjustments. It takes men adjusting their expectations and ego and self-worth and also adjusting their communication with women who are more educated, maybe more career successful. Um, I don't know. Like you tell me you're dating someone very successful. Yeah. I mean, her, yeah. she's, she makes, she makes more money than I do for right now. You know what I mean? But we, right. Uh, right. But then like that doesn't affect your penis. Um, no, not at all. Yeah, it's because you know your self-worth. You're not comparing yourself with her on the external, like, validation. Sure. It's nice, too, when she's like, go get yourself a tank of gas, baby. Thanks for giving me a ride. <laughs> Ven Venmo. <laughs> she sends you a Venmo. And it's a peach emoji. Yeah. Peach and eggplant emoji. <laughs> but, no, I, you know, in that sense, like, I've never really been intimidated by that. But I've I've heard guys say that when they are not earning as much or, like, if – Mm -hmm. You know, Cam and I were on a on a friend of ours podcast a while back and, you know, there's this whole like, you know, where the sugar mama's at thing. But mm -hmm. um, I think I think one of the things was. Or one of the issues was that when guys like if they did have the opportunity to like be the stay at home dad, mm -hmm. right, or the stay at home husband or whatever, it's difficult for them to have a voice because they would say, I don't feel like I'm being heard because you make more money. You're like the breadwinner. And mm -hmm. like, so it's almost like this role reversal. And I think a lot of guys don't know how to cope with that or at least express mm -hmm. their needs and say, Hey, since you started making more money, I don't feel as worthy. Can we like try to figure out a way to make this mm -hmm. work to where my self-worth kind of returns and, you know, and that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. And it's that just, can be done easily through counseling. Like I've sure. seen people that have gone through couples therapy. Like I'm not accepting any new clients, but I have friends that are doing couples therapy. Like they see eight couples a day. And a lot of them are quote unquote, like fixing this kind of problem. Not always that the woman makes more money, but it's like a power dynamic problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it happens a lot to a lot of couples. Yeah. And I mean, me and my lady, like we joke around about it and stuff like that. And I'll be like, all right, you might be making more now, but like I work hard. I'm, yeah. You know, and and so it's more of like like a healthy competition for us. Mm -hmm. Right. To see like, oh, what what can we find to invest in or like what can we find to work on um, to kind of like progress mm -hmm. our lives forward where I think a lot of people see one going up and then they mm -hmm. just kind of stay stuck it's just very easy it's it's easy to get cut caught in that stagnant rut yeah. where you could just be you know and i'm a very i'm just very competitive so i don't mm -hmm. have that like well i'm just gonna sit here and mm -hmm. whatever and i'm really proud of her she just got a new job like she's crushing mm -hmm. it and i mean it made her close her law practice like she had a law mm -hmm. firm and like they kind of got her to close it down so 
it's it's amazing that she's afforded that opportunity because like mm -hmm. she doesn't come from a lot of money, you know, and mm -hmm. she's now it's amazing. Yeah. And she's now able to like help her family and like help her parents and all that. It's it's fantastic. I think that stuff's great. Um, and frankly, like there's a lot of really talented women out there that mm -hmm. are are crushing it. And I think guys need to like kind of get out of their own head about it and just, you know, if they're mm -hmm. making more money. Reframe their perspectives. Sure. Like their value isn't just the money. Their mm -hmm. value is in so many other things. And I think identifying your core values and what are some of the things that you're really good at in terms of offering to your partner and offering to the world, uh, being a really caring person, like that's a huge asset. Like to me, being with a caring person means more than being with a rich person, right? Yep. So, so being caring, that quality is, it weighs so much more than money. For so, sure. so it's like identifying a new way to assess your self-worth would be, I think, very beneficial for all men. Oh, yeah. One thing I really wonder if it's tied into is like you really see a lack of young people on both sides of the gender spectrum. there, not really participating in like team sports and stuff like that anymore, because mm -hmm. at the core, a relationship is a team effort. Um, and I don't understand the power dynamic struggling for this because everybody is good at some things. Nobody's good at everything. So like when you come together as a couple, you're a team that the idea is you're going to help build each other's like weakness because mm -hmm. hopefully your partner is good at it. And if you're both bad at it, you could work together to get better. So like mm -hmm. it could be a team effort either way. Like I would be stoked, you know, if my partner made more money, so I don't have to do as much as I'm doing because I'm still going to come home and pick up the slack, pick up the stuff mm -hmm. at the house, do what I have to do still. And it's not going to be a dynamic. It's the power bill got paid. Fuck yeah. I don't care who paid it. <laughs> Team score. Paid it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a weird yeah. thing. A lot of people don't, a lot of people like, I don't know, argue about and kind of get in discussions over because it really shouldn't be a fight. It shouldn't be a us versus them kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It really should be us versus the world situation. Mm -hmm. uh, Cam, are you dating someone? I am actually. Um, Since we mm -hmm. last spoke, I believe I have started seeing a new partner. And she is probably the most refreshing person I have I've ever known. Um, mm. Like how, how you, did said, you guys meet? It's actually someone I've known for a while. Um, oh, yeah. She she was with one of my friends um, in the past, so I've known Scandalous. her. Right? <laughs> so I've known her through that for a while. Um, but as you said, like being with a caring person is like way more important than money or anything like that like that hits hard because she is like the most caring person i've ever known where it's not like a you can tell it's not superficial you can tell it's not just a passing pleasantry mm -hmm. um, she actually does want to know um, actually ask questions kind of is invested in it and that right there is worth as you said more than any money that you can make like mm -hmm. you could not want to i mean Obviously, you don't want a bum, but like if you're like, oh, I want to be a stay-at-home stay mom or something like that, you're like done. Like it's this is this is, could work out that way easily. Mm -hmm. And money doesn't really factor into it like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, say, when, I, I think when you reassess your life that way, it becomes very liberating. Um, last year, I have been seeing, well, I have a life coach that I've been seeing for many years, right? I see her regularly for maintenance stuff, like the things that I'm feeling, the relationship, like my romantic relationship, but mainly the stuff I talk to her about is like friendships and my relationship with work. And I have been addicted to like work and work success for a long time. And so for me, reassessing all of my values and what means more to me, that's where that caring conversation came up. Uh, we really did like a full inventory of all the things that I really, re that really matter to me. And it all comes down to like the number one characteristic that I really like in a person is that they're caring. And so it helps me, you know, when I do something related to work, I'm like, okay, am I being caring or is this just for money? 
Like if it's just for money, I'm going to say no. But if I'm doing this because I care and I'm being caring to someone or to many people, great, I'm going to do it. As well as in my relationship, my partner is extremely caring. If he makes 100K more or less this year, it doesn't matter because every day, the, the daily experience I get is he's a very caring person. You can be with a very wealthy asshole, but do you want that? Do you want every single day to be treated like shit, but have money? You can go shopping, do your nails, get your hair done, but be treated like shit? No. So for me, being with a caring person is the most important thing. Yeah, I have to agree with that just because, and you know, and I think too, when you have the asshole, it sucks because it can just you know, you don't know what they're doing and like they hide stuff. It's just nuts. But then you have mm -hmm. someone who cares, like they pick you up on your bad days. Mm -hmm. You know, they get yeah. you sick when you're sick. It means a lot. And right. that Harvard study, the 50 year study on happiness found that the most important thing in life for your happiness is good relationships. Right. Not money. Like, yes, you need money to sustain. Like, you need a certain amount to, like, pay all your bills, to explore the world if you want. But no one needs to be a billionaire, really. Right. Yeah. Uh, but what you need is good relationships. And, and you know, I really I stand by that. Like, you need good relationships in your life. Your For romantic sure. I mean, relationship, your friends. Even if you look at, like, the blue zones of the world, like, oh, all of their, like a lot of their main principles are like, yeah, you eat right. You do all this stuff. But like, what do they have? They have community. They mm -hmm. have people who love each other. They sing together. Like they have a good time together. Yeah. And they create this like just culture of wellness where everybody's mm -hmm. looking out for each other. Where I think, and I think there's one blue zone in the world. It's in like Loma Linda, California. There's one in, in the US and then there's others like throughout the world. It's just all these people that care about each other and they come together as a community mm -hmm. and they take care of each other and feed each other. And it's like, it's actually really cool. And, you know, I watched the documentary and part of it was like, well, a lot of these people, like they're not fucking their secretaries on the side, you know, they're <laughs> not like, you know what I mean? They're not bringing on all this extra stress yeah, on themselves, which I think like helps foster all these great relationships, right? Like they're not doing all these crazy things. It's like, just absorbing all this trash. Like they're just, they're there to help and love each other. And it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Well, talking about the ladies and your original question about like approaching women and how it has diff has been different in the last couple of years. Uh, prior to recording the show, we were talking about the don't date him Facebook groups. Oh yeah. The, are we dating the same guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are we dating the same guy? There's also don't date him. Okay. Yeah. The, I'm I'm in a bunch of the Los Angeles ones and it's a, it can be pretty damaging to some of these men. Cause again, it is like, don't date him or like, are we dating the same guy? And uh, it's, I think it's okay for women to come together as a community and be like, Hey, you know, 10 of us went on a date with this one guy and it, almost all of us have had terrible experience because he's an egotistical person, da, 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 da. Like that's fine if it's like feedback. But I think sometimes it will just be a, like this one anonymous woman posting a photo of this one guy and says, don't date him. He's a narcissistic, duh, 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 like 10 bullet points, right? And then all the other women will like comment like, oh, fuck him. Duh, 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 duh. I'm like, okay, okay. Um, I love girlhood and I love, <laughs> you know, women power and all girl community. I'm all about it. All, like all my girlfriends know I cherish them more than anything in the world. But... <laughs> there are some crazy ass women out there. Just like there are some crazy ass men, right? Mm -hmm. There are crazy ass people out there. And this could be one of those people. And you only hear from one side yep. and like you jump on the bandwagon and be like, yeah, fuck him. Well, you haven't heard from this person, right? Like, uh, so to me, those are like really sketchy and I never participate in them because I feel like it's bashing them without hearing from the other side. However, when it's like, hey girlies, like, have you guys ever been on a date with this guy? I'm going on a date with him on Friday. Just want to make sure I'm safe. And if there's like five girls that are like, hey girl, like I went on a date with him, not successful. Like he did ABC. 
Uh, he had a nice smile, but he also like talked about blah, blah, blah a lot. Um, you know, good luck. I feel like there is a difference between feedback and like bashing. Sure. I got a, a an experience with a very good friend of mine who got put on the, are we dating the same guy uh, in my area? I don't want to like mm -hmm. put too much out there because it was kind of damaging, but I guess this girl like went on a date with one of my friends and um, I think then put him up, found a very vulnerable picture of him when he was going through a medical issue and Oof. found the vulnerable picture of him like going through that, like in the hospital gown Oof. and put him on that and, and like went like to bash him. And he's actually like a really nice guy. He, I think I've known him for a long time and he's like very forward. He's not like a player. He's like, you okay. know, going behind girls back or anything like that. I would probably classify him more of like a serial monogamous, mm -hmm. but a lot of girls actually came to his defense. They're like, he, he's working on himself. Yeah. He goes to yoga. He like meditates. Like he really, <laughs> yoga. you know what I mean? But he like really, he, he really works on himself and it was awesome to see that like so many girls actually came to his defense, whether they had dated him in the past or were just friends. But I well, think I'm curious, like what happened between him and that girl, though? She, like, why is she so angry? I, well, I you know what? I don't know. I never really got that far. And I, I just know that it hurt him because like she put him in a in a like very vulnerable position. Yeah. And dude, like post another photo. Why? Like yeah. a medical procedure in a medical gown. That's like that sounds super grudgy than like actual asking for feedback. Right. And it, I think it was just to damage him. And like uh, he had told me that like she had accused him of like a lot of stuff that wasn't true. And I think that she mm -hmm. went through his phone and like found some old stuff or who knows, whatever. Uh. And which I think is weird after two dates. Like, why are you going after people like through people's phones after like two dates? And just found like previous whatever on the DMs or who knows. And um, really like just tried to like trash him. And and I mm -hmm. think that something like that, like that would make a guy not want to pursue a girl anymore. You'd just be like, you know what? If I'm going to end up on this website like every other week, I'm not doing it. Like this is just way too much. Mm -hmm. And everybody's connected. Like it's not like it's not like you can get away from social media. It's not like you can find like someone who isn't connected to social media in some way. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. I just thought it was like, I thought it was horrible because I, I know it put him in a funk for a while. Mm. And that's tough, man. Yeah. Like, again, it's, it's also a one-sided experience, you know, and then whenever you speak up, there's always like a group of women that are like, well, are you not a feminist? Are you against women? I'm like, girl, no, I am for women always. I'm fucking talking about women's pleasure all day long to get you guys more orgasms. <laughs> but yeah, at the same time, like <laughs> there are just people that, you know, are not necessarily trustworthy sources. And these are the people that are giving you information about these men. How much can we trust them? I don't know, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I I have to say that there are people who like <laughs> I actually found this one post. It was a Tinder date and the girl, you know, posted a photo. I left a feedback like, hey, went went on a date with this guy. Um, he did not pick up the check. Uh, he ordered more than me, but he was saying like, uh, do you want to split? Um, what an asshole. Don't date him. Right. So his sister is also on this group. Uh, I don't know these people. I'm just reading the thread, right? Uh, his sister came to the defense and was like, hey, like, you know, Monica here, this guy's uh, actually this guy's sister. Um, he was telling me that he had such a fun date with you and he was so excited to go out with you again. And he was actually looking forward to like treating you, like taking you out and treating you, um, to, you know, a, a fun, like going to a museum and then like take, take you out on a dinner date. And, you know, of course, like pay for all those, but he just wanted to see how the first one goes first and how you feel about splitting. And therefore, you know, and he and she was like, the sister was like, but I can't believe that just because someone asked to split, he's being bashed on this group. What is this group actually about? So yeah. that's pretty she controversial. <laughs> what? 
he was trying to get her with a vibe check and see how she was going to be. She didn't pass it. Mm hmm. So, yeah, it's just uh, so many variables when it comes to dating. And I wish there's just more honest conversation. Like if I was on a date with this guy and I really prefer the man to pay. And if he asked me, like, do you want to split? I'll be like, I would feel amazing if you pay for it and see what he says, you know, but I guess that's just me and my uh, confrontational communication style. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, think sometimes too. being upfront definitely is the way to go. Um, but sometimes I you always know, we have ask to say, for things if I need something, if it oh, if yeah. it affects the way I perceive something, I'm going to ask for it. But like there, it can just be a conversation, you know, now she didn't say anything. Right. They split. She came home, bash him on face, a Facebook group. Well, maybe speak up because <laughs> right. people have different perceptions of different things. Yeah, it's a it's a first date too. So I mean, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with sp splitting the check. No, you're just like trying to figure it out. Like, the vibe, yeah. Right. And yeah, I think it's tough. I mean, do you think that like these type of you know Facebook groups where they keep you know putting the guys up? I'm I don't know if there's any gr groups where guys put girls up. I don't know. But I know. I'm gonna research it now. Like, be, is there yeah. a group? There has to be. Okay. Time for guys Damn, to. Clap I'm gonna back. assign you to research. <laughs> um. But do you think like this is has some correlation to like dating app culture where people are just kind of superficially swiping? They may or may, or may not be reading the bio um, and just kind of they're hopping in. And maybe I think dating apps give people so many options, too, because mm -hmm. like you don't really have to even leave your house to swipe. Mm -hmm. And so then they can arrange 10 dates. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing you know, like you're on a one of those pages. Right. Mm hmm. I'm uh I'm hearing a lot from my followers, fans, uh, as well as my clients, that they are afraid of approaching women on dating apps. Like even if they match, they're like afraid to send a message or initiate anything flirtatious. So conversations just like go nowhere because it's just like, hey, how's it going? How was your weekend? Like it's like talking to a barista at Starbucks, not like flirting, right? When when dating apps are supposed to be for flirting, right? Because that's the function is you perhaps want to date some of these people. So where does flirting come in? You know, like if it's just texting back and forth, asking how their week was, what do they do for work? Like there's no flirting. And I think... A lot of young guys that message me, they don't know how to approach women. How that's why I ask you, Cam, like, how did you meet your girlfriend? Because I'm like, mm, did you use a dating app? No, I have not. I'm not like up on technology enough for that, but I can understand like some of the concerns they have because you always see, like, especially when like they're initiating conversations on like the dating apps, people will screenshot that shit and then it's over you know it's all over all the social media platforms and how they did it or they're making fun of the pickup lines or yeah they're saying common questions you would want to ask somebody and they're making fun of them for being like dull or something like that um because i was just thinking to myself it's a weird balance like as guys are trying to get into a conversation with somebody it's a weird balance to not be the creepy guy trying to lick assholes in an overcoat but also not coming off autistic as fuck so like, exactly. it's a really weird balance. And unfortunately, we are not good at doing that balance. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Yeah. And a lot of it too, it's so subjective because people ask me, okay, give like three tips how guys can approach women. It's also like we respond as women, we respond so differently depending on who you are and whether or not we find you attractive from the photos. If I find like, for example, if my husband, okay, let's say, if, let's say we met on a dating app. I see these photos. I'm attracted to him already. Like, I like him already. I'm excited about this potential. If he was to say things that are, like, flirty right away, right? Um, you know, like, hey, like, you know, I uh, love your profile. What are you doing this weekend? Let's get together, winky face. Like, I'm going to be excited about responding to this message versus a dating profile that I'm not excited about. Um, that I match kind of just found a person sort of interesting based on their bio. 
not super excited about the photos, but yeah, the bio seems interesting. Like interested in like carrying on with more conversations, need to gather some more data points in order to decide if I want to date them. So there's a difference between guys that I'm super into and guys that are I swipe right because yeah, they seem interesting. You see what I'm saying? And it's not just women. I'm sure men do this too. Men have the girls that are like, oh my gosh, she's so attractive. I'm like super into this girl versus like, oh, you know, like she's cute. Uh, her bio seems interesting. We have some mutual interests. Like I'm going to swipe right. So yeah, like the level of interest will correlate with the enthusiasm of flirting that I receive. You see what I'm saying? And that's for all people. <laughs> for sure. I, I never really got into the dating apps. I was like, when Tinder first hit, I had a girlfriend, like a long-term girlfriend. I'd been with her for like four years. So I missed like a lot of that. And like a lot of my buddies were getting asked like toilet seat on that thing. I mean, it was just oh, like crazy. I was going to say you did not miss anything. <laughs> <laughs> getting yeah, asked like a I was on. Seat. I was on the dating apps. Uh, you did not miss anything. I mean... Props to them, though. There are apps where people like meet their love, like the love of their lives and they got married. There are like pretty impressive statistics of, you know, romantic couples that are in good relationships that have met online. So no trash talking them. But yeah. at the same time, dude, there's just so many people on the app still after like five years. It, it has to be exhausting. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, that like just the dopamine that like sitting here reading, swiping, like just the actions <laughs> of it have to be insane. And it's rough. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> I, I've always I've always liked to meet, you know, girls in person. That's just been my thing. I don't I don't I, I just never really got into like the phone app thing. And I, I think I tried it once. And like the person who showed up wasn't the person in the photos. And I'm just <laughs> like, I'm out. And, um, and I have friends who've like definitely told those stories too. I mean, they're just like, well, that didn't really work out or those pictures <laughs> definitely were 10 years old or like whatever the case is. And so there's a lot to hide there where it's not, you can't hide as much. Like if you walk up to somebody like at Target or the bar or whatever. Target, where, is that where you, know. you pick up women? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so, I, mean, so, I, was, I did a... I did a rotation at a pharmacy in Target, and I'm going to say, like, the population of women at Target were definitely way better than other pharmacies I've been at, so. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, if, like, if a guy, if a hot guy, like, the guy that I find attractive approaches me at Target, like, he will get my number, you know? Yeah, see what I'm saying? I yeah, told, uh, like, it's the courage. It's like, oh, shit. Like, I thought people don't do this anymore. Uh-huh. The, yeah, um, you know, we, we had a, an interaction online the other day with, with my friend, Joe Ferrelli and, uh, he's oh, the one that has a two inch penis, uh, huh little, little dick gang. And, um, <laughs> so, and I told, I was at target one day cause I had to like pick up some stuff from my office or whatever. And there was a bunch of really nice looking girls there. And I was like, Joe, you need to get to target, bro. And he's <laughs> like, what, what's up? I'm like, there's a ton. I can't, you know what I mean? I'm not pulling the trigger on any of this, but like, Joe, come on, man. And, uh, did he show up? No, well, not right away, but he was just like, that's actually really interesting. He liked what? it, you know, just the population. Hot girls at Target? Yeah. And I was just oh, like, yeah. get after it, man. He was at Nordstrom Rack. Like, this place is dead as fuck. No wonder they're fucking at Target. <laughs> Women love Target. It's Target. Oh, yeah. Like, there's just everything, you know, we, we, we can be there shit. for a long time, long time. It does, oh, yeah. it does make sense to me, though, because their fucking shelves are always empty. They're always like a hundred employees, but they ain't doing shit but hanging out. And I, I don't fucking, I don't get the appeal. Like it's, it, as a guy, it just it drives me crazy. Yeah, it's the everything that we like. It's like, oh, like do we need an or a new organizer for our closet? And then like, oh, I gotta go like pick up dog food as well as like, you know, um face cloths for like my makeup remover and like uh maybe some lube. You know, like there's just everything. So yeah. Hey guys, if you're single um, and you kind of want to check out some women, not in a creepy way, maybe check out Target. Yeah. Target. We're waiting yeah. for that sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> We're Don't waiting the for other it. stuff I said then, but it's <laughs> yeah. probably part of the marketing thing. So I know it's gotten, it's gotten my girlfriend a few times where she's like, oh shit, there's only four washcloths here. We have to buy these because there's only four left. And I'm like, we don't fucking need <laughs> this. There's only four. 
there's nothing else here. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> so as we kind of wind it down, Dr. Tar, what are some, so we've kind of discussed some of the issues with like the dating pool and ED. What are some things that you've found in your professional experience? Let's maybe let's just start with the most fresh topic. What are some great ways for guys to approach girls like on dating apps or in real life where they don't come off as really creepy and they can kind of approach and be confident that their message is being heard? Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. So here are some ways. Uh, the first tip, and this is related to a conversation on a dating app, is my tip would be try to schedule like a FaceTime date or even an in-person like coffee as soon as possible. Like get get off the app, you know, take this somewhere else. If you start having regular conversations for a long time with a woman on the app, she's going to be like, ah, he's never going to ask me out, whatever, next, right? So have the courage to just schedule um, that either FaceTime date or um, an in-person. If you want to take them out, great. Women especially younger women nowadays, they're craving being courted, like taking to dinner and stuff like that because we, I think, have been in a very like egalitarian dating scene for a long time. And I think, you know, that has becoming more popular again is like men courting women. Um, So yeah, number one, take her out on a date or a FaceTime date ASAP. Number two, if you're approaching women in person, know that like if you're in your unapproachable energy and like outfit like if you're in your like sleepwear don't approach women in your sleepwear like there's there's men that younger men actually that was in uh, like a Walgreens that I went into near USC and they were in their sleepwear like you know those loungy pants uh and they were like hey, your dress is really cute. And I turn around, he's in fucking PJs. Like, I'm not going to talk to you. You're a child and you're in your PJs. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to a man, please. So yeah, like if you're not, if you're not like in a pre- much in a presentable um, look, look, like I would say don't approach women. Okay, now, but when you do, you're, let's say you're in your work clothes or gym clothes or whatever, Try start with a compliment that's not too fucking extreme. Like, not like, oh, your ass is nice. <laughs> so don't right. be like me and don't, ride yeah, down the don't street. Don't be like Pat. <laughs> and be like, hey, baby, did that butt be farting? That was like my Yeah, not thing. that one. I'm just kidding. Might work in Florida, though. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things work in Florida. <laughs> a lot of things work in Florida. Yeah, but I would say like, hey, like, you know, um... I like your hair or like, I like your outfit. I've, I got that a lot. And if it's someone that I turn around, I'm like, Ooh, I'm interested. Then I will like respond positively. But if it's not something I'm interested, in, I'll just be like, thank you. And like, I, I'll just go away. So you will know, like be more in tune of their re- feedback, like their response. If they are responding very positively and enthusiastically, and maybe also ask you a question, that is an extreme green light. If they also ask you back a question, that's a that's a yes ask for her number but if they're like thanks or thank you and they walk away like just take that as the answer like don't probe right so i would say a compliment is great and you can tell to carry on the conversation or not from her response um and then my last tip i think this is something that is like maybe a little bit controversial but i think when done right it can be tasteful uh is pick up the energy a little bit, like do more flirting rather than just like broy conversation. I think there's so many women on the dating pool right now, like either on dating apps or just dating in person that just feel like all the dudes are just like friend zoning. Like they're just bros. They're just friends. There's no like courting and flirting and making them feel desirable so i would say in any way you can like making making women feel like pretty and smart and you know all the positive things like make them feel desirable uh can be very successful so yeah and i'm saying it's controversial just because people think that that's creepy but i don't think so i think when done tastefully 
it can be actually very attractive because it's like, oh my God, like he's really into me. I'm really into him. Let's go. For sure. It is a fine line between tasteful and creepy. <laughs> it really is. And oh, unfortunately, yeah. it's just something that you need to gain experience. It's like playing video games. You got to level up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> With practice and, you know, I'm not saying like, oh, this is a whole numbers game and just like go after every single one. But mm -hmm. just if you see, but kind of is. It kind of is, yeah. But you only get better with practice. Like, like what ninety eight percent of things in life, like you just get better when you yep. do it over and over again, and you start understanding reading, like reading people's body languages and how the voice inflections and things like that. You can kind of start mm -hmm. picking up on those things and understand, like, okay, they're interested or not, and then you can just kind of, all right, well, they're not interested. Move on. Mm -hmm. There's seven, eight yep. billion people in the world. You know, yep. like move keep on. Moving. Don't take things too personally. Right. And like you don't even know like what they're in. Like you're meeting a random person and like you don't know if they're in a relationship or if exactly. they're not or if they're closed off to dating, like they're just not in it. Like so you can't take it personally because you don't know what they're experiencing. No. So they might be going through trauma, like family death. Like, dude, there's so many reasons why people don't want to date you and it might not be about you. Period. So, Dr. Tara. Thank you so much for making this the best Valentine's Day ever. It is always a pleasure having you on. Yay. Thanks, guys. Uh, it was fun getting uh, double teamed. <laughs> <laughs> getting no all caught up for the season with the team. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. From our, our own doctor of love, Dr. Tara. Yes. Yes.